Design New Podcast, Episode 21. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Leanne Blaney. Leanne helps women break free from their daily grind, empower themselves to live a dream life, and develop strategies for success. An advanced life coach and extended disc consultant, she inspires with confidence, compassion, and adventure. Her mission is to ignite excitement and sparkle into the life of busy women. Join me as I chat with Leanne about living an adventurous life. Hi, Leanne. Thanks so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So, yeah, thanks for inviting me to be on your podcast. Oh, love to have you here. Now, tell me, what are you doing to design your best life? Well, I've done many things in the last few months. It's been a very, very busy time for me. I've uh, given up my corporate job mm-hmm. and I've gone full-time into my business. So, um, been through like a bit of a journey for the last, oh, I suppose it's eight to ten years. Sure. And it's like a personal development one. Then I realized, you know, you know, you got to create your own life, design your own life, you know, and I wasn't doing that. So that's what I've been doing the last few months has been setting up the business, getting it going, got my own podcast so I can get out there and talk to people. And this is what I love doing. Mm. So I'm actually doing what I love doing now compared to before where I was just, you know, getting up, going to work, coming home, making dinner, going to bed, doing all the same again. So now my life's all about adventure and fun and just every day being, you know, different. That's what I'm loving at the moment. Yeah. And look, there'd be a lot of people who are in exactly the same position that you're talking about you were a few months ago. And as you said, it's a transition for a number of years. Mm. But what gave you the guts to actually take that step and do it? What was the turning point for you? I think it was, I got to the point where I was doing all this stuff part-time and I was, you know, learning how to be a coach and I'm doing a lot of work on myself and I was still going to this other job. And then I'm realizing there's a big disconnect there. Mm. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And I thought, well, you know, do I want to be here till I retire? And that sort of really the anxiety. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. And uh, I thought, no, there's a real disconnect there. So I thought, okay, well, this is serious business now. I've worked on myself. I'm at a place where I feel very confident with my abilities and how I can help people. And I thought, well, why not make a full-time business out of it? So it was sort of a bit of a point where I went on long service leave, gave it a bit of go. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, yeah, this is, this is fun. Like, every day was different. I'm thinking, yeah, and I'm meeting all these people and I've got this tribe following me and I've got a new community. But that's it. I'm in the wrong place. So, yeah, I ended up not going back from my long service leave, handing in my notice and, uh, yeah, starting the business full time. Thank goodness for long service leave, hey? I know, I know. Because it's important to Some people can't just you know, go bang into the business. It's important to be able to transition. And I do have a lot of clients that, you know, you know, want to have that transition point. They think they, you know, they talk about don't have a plan B or think, yeah, have a plan B because it's not, you know, feasible for most of us. We've got a mortgage and kids and like I've got grandchildren now and I thought, well, I'm not going to just give up everything. 
Yeah. I laid down all the foundation, did all that foundation work, and then I was happy. To, I got to a point where, yep, I'm happy to go ahead now full time. Mm. I'm actually glad you touched on that because I think it's really important for people to know. We see all these people who, I don't know, for want of a better example, have 50 million followers on Facebook or whatever. They didn't do that overnight. It was a transition for them. Most people don't jump from one job straight into running their own business. And I agree. I don't know that you sh- most of us should be doing that because you need the backup. You need to have money behind you. You mm. need to not be stressed about money. You need to know you can pay your bills. You need to be able to do the things that you like doing as well. Yeah. Beyond what you, you're contributing with your business. So it's a really important point. I think it is because you've got responsibility to other people, not just you. Mm. And while it is all about you, you're doing, you know, living your best life and, you know, doing stuff for yourself so that you do live a good life and then you're good for everyone else. Hmm. you have responsibilities and I think as long as you're aware of those and you keep those in mind and you've moved forward from there then you're okay Hmm. yeah Yeah. and so you talked about an adventurous life tell us more about that I think um I lived a life for a long time where I just didn't stand up for anything I was hiding away and I became I was married very early and I had a child fairly early so I lived this life where I just stopped doing all the things I loved doing. So you now as a teenager, you remember you loved going out and you loved going on those little adventures. Like I loved going out, hiking in the bush or mm-hmm. going down to the beach or just doing something different every weekend whenever I could. I played lots of sports and then I lost that. Wow. So when I, and you know, through all that, you put on weight and then you put a baby and your focuses change and everything goes to everyone else. And When I found out that I thought, no, my focus needs to come back to me, Mm. I started finding out, okay, what were the things that I loved Mm. loved doing? And I've just started adding them in. So I started, you know, I got healthy to start with. I thought, well, that's my starting point. Let's go from there. And I was lucky enough to then start my personal development journey at the same time. So I had the mindset to go with it. Mm. And to me, it wasn't just about, you know, doing, like I do do boot camps and I run every week, but that's my baseline. My adventures comes from being healthy enough to be able to go out there and do it so that every day I can do something different. I don't have to plan a great big adventure like going to climb Mount Kosciuszko or something like that. My adventures are for me, and they're very personal to everyone. Everyone's got their own um, take on adventure, is to just do something different every day. And one is to get outside and in the days that I can't get away and leave the house, I stand outside in the sun or in the rain or whatever it is. And to me, that's an adventure. Like even a friend of mine was saying, oh, okay, come on, bring on the adventure. Drive home a different route every day. I'm going, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and I'm taking that on now. So that's my new adventure when I go out driving to come home a different way. So just little things like that and just makes your life a little bit lighter and more fun and you know, just you, your brain starts working in a different way than if you just do the same thing and you just, you know, keep doing the same routines over and over. It's having that adventure and lightness and fun and it just helps all your relationships in your life and just everything. And it's exposing just something as simple as driving home a different way, which would freak me out because I'm bad <laughs> enough at directions as it is. But that is actually just having a whole new perspective because you're seeing something new. You're, as you said, you're getting different stimulus, you're getting different ideas, seeing new yeah. things. Awesome. Yeah, it creates new neural pathways, anything that you do differently. So I love it now. Every time I think about, I'm going to do something different so that I'm not doing going the same way every time and I'm not like a robot. So, yeah, I love it. So do you find that um, you have to write down what you want to do or is it spur of the moment for you, like these different adventures that you have every day? <laughs> I found that when I discovered what my drivers were, my drivers are certainty. 
that's one of my drivers. And I have to have a certain like plan in place. I like to plan my year out, but I've now decided, okay, I'm planning my year out, but my holidays come first. And then my weekends away. And then I sort of break it down there. I can do my business in between. And then I break it down to my week saying, okay, well, my boot camp and my runs are my certainty, my safety, my security. Mm-hmm. Do them. And then anything else is like an adventure. What else could happen today? So I love to just flow with it from there. So I'm a bit of a person that likes that certainty and that. And then I can have adventure. Whereas some people just go, yeah, variety. Yeah, yeah. But their life is a little bit chaotic for me. <laughs> Yeah, but I think there's boundaries that are needed anyway. Like I think to be creative, and I definitely found this as part of the design process, to be creative, you actually design better when you have some boundaries. So you're saying for you, it's about having that planning in place. And it might be different for other people. They mightn't want to plan as much. But I think having some boundaries and at least knowing what it is that you want and where you're heading is actually going to mean that you're focusing those adventures around something that connects with you. Yeah, boundaries are huge. I've done a lot of work on boundaries where because, you know, when you're early off learning how to be a coach, you're just taking on any client and you're doing it right to like midnight at night and you're doing it on weekends and that's sort of something, oh, hey, whoa, come on, I'm talking about boundaries to my clients. Where are my boundaries here? Yeah. And you do have to have them in place. You have to know that, okay, maybe Sunday's just my day to have fun with my family, um, my partner, so we can go and do something with just no work at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just putting those type of boundaries in place allow you to go, well, I can have venture every mm-hmm. single day. It's just knowing when I shut off from business, I mean, business is an adventure in itself, but, you know, <laughs> away from business. <laughs> yeah. And what that would mean too that if you're planning out your weeks in advance that you are allowing some space in amongst that so you've got the plan but there's space to fit that in. Are you finding though that you're actually getting better clients and better through what you're doing with your work because you've got those boundaries? So even though you've sort of reverse engineered it that you're doing mm-hmm. your adventure is the big thing. <laughs> Yeah. But you're actually finding it's influencing the people who are coming to you and what they're learning from you as well? Yeah, it definitely is. It's a different type of committed client. Like a lot of the clients mm-hmm. I started off with, it, yeah, they wanted help and, yeah, I was there to help them and stuff. But then I'd go off and you'd see them doing the same old thing, you know, week after week. But the ones I'm getting now, they're committed to change. They really want to do that. And by seeing me have my boundaries in place and saying I can't see you at this certain time because these are my boundaries, they learn that themselves. I'm role modeling that. And that's actually more powerful mm. than me just saying you need to have boundaries in place. You know, mm. I need to have mine in place. So, yeah. Yeah. And so tell me about an adventure that's coming up for you. Like I know you like travel and bucket lists are one of your things. Tell <laughs> us more about that. Yeah, I love bucket lists. So, um, you know, I like... Oh, I think about 101 things on your bucket list, but I've actually gone to about 125 now because I keep thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds good. So I want to add that to it. But this year I've got a couple of different things. I'm going on a cruise around Tasmania. So I haven't done Tasmania before. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be really cool and I can see all that. And then zip lining next month. Ooh. So I love just thought of just zip lining down um, <laughs> through the trees and the forest. I had that on the Gold Coast. So mm-hmm zip lining and I'm just trying to be very aware of my bucket list of where I can fit things in and sometimes I just pop up like traveling to Melbourne it might come up like last year I traveled to Melbourne twice and I could do two things off my bucket list I was like wow this is pretty cool so yeah, yeah it's just being aware of it and I, th- I think you should be reading a bucket list at least once a week mm-hmm. and it's not stuck in stone and there's a couple of things like no I don't want to do that anymore so that's off yep and you just update it so then I can you know keep my thoughts going about oh yeah what's going to be fun this year so yeah I love it and I think the technique that you're talking about too as you've written something down about what what it is that you want and you're Mm. striving towards you actually um, become aware of opportunities like you're saying 
maybe in the past you might have just gone, oh, Melbourne, I'm not sure if I need to go or you might have just gone there and not taken the adventure further. But Mm. as soon as you know that there's almost an opportunity of you fulfill a bucket list item, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to make it happen. And you don't think about how or why, you just do it. Yeah, that's definitely right. Like even like I've got mining categories where what people would like to meet and what places I'd like to see and where I'd like to travel and what activities I'd like to do. So yeah, so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I'm actually on my second bucket list and it's my second one where I started to categorize because my first one I never expected to finish, especially my big item on that, which was going to Antarctica, which I now know is one of yours. I know. Um, (laughs) But I never thought I was going to be able to do it because when I first looked at it when I was 18 years old, it was ridiculously expensive and it's still not cheap, but it became more affordable. But when I, when I came back from that, it was like, oh, my God, I'm just in my early 40s and I've done everything I wanted to do in my life. So now I've got these new ones which are really categorised and you know, some of them are just going to a particular restaurant, mm. which is, is fun. And part of what I'm loving about leaving Melbourne now and moving back home interstate to Adelaide is I've started to write a list of what are the few things I haven't done here in Melbourne in the 18 years that I've been here that I want to do. And I'm actually proud of myself because most of the things I've done, the list is not that big. Whereas I, when I started to write, I thought, oh, this is going to be huge. There must be heaps of things. But it's coming back down to what do I want to do and how can I do it every day? Yeah. And that's it. And like most adventures don't have to be expensive. You can have your big ones on your list, but you can have the little ones too. Like as you said, a restaurant, even um, cooking a new meal, you know, trying to master some sort of meal. If you're a bit of a cook, me, I'm not particularly good at cooking, but I know some people who love Japanese cooking and they want to really master their Japanese cooking. So that's on their bucket list to go to Japan and actually learn over there. So it's like you can do the little things and you can do the big things. And uh, sometimes you don't realize, like I went to Europe, to Sweden, to see my partner's brother's family who lives there. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to Paris and I climbed the Eiffel Tower, tick. You know, <laughs> you know I went to Notre Dame, tick, <laughs> all yeah. these things. And but all my Paris things are done. So, yeah, you know, I can go to different cities. But, you know, as I said, the, the everyday adventure is um, something that doesn't even have to cost anything. Sometimes it's just visiting something that's in that's local that mm. you can just drive to. And I did that recently. I had uh, two friends come over from New Zealand and they really wanted to see the local area. I'm thinking, oh, okay. Took them around. I thought, well, I didn't know this was here. Well, I didn't know that was there. And, I, and I'd always wanted to see this sunken boat and I hadn't done it. So I went and saw that and I thought, with them, I thought, yay, then another thing ticked yeah. off my list. And it didn't cost a thing just to... Yes the petrol to get there yeah. yeah absolutely in fact one of mine which I did recently and as this leaving Melbourne thing and I've wanted to do it the whole time I've been here is visit the Burke and Wills uh, at Melbourne Cemetery where they were buried they were brought back and buried there in about 1860 and my um one of my ancestors is one of the is the only survivor from that expedition so I have a connection to it but it's one of these things for 18 years I've been going got to go to the Melbourne Cemetery and see it. And I've never done it. It's so simple. It's cheap. I drive past it so many times, (laughs) but it's taking that time to stop to to do it because life is short, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And I think when you write them down and you focus on them and you can look at them, you're actually going to be more likely to do them than Mm. if they're in their head. Like, you know, I had a few people say to me, I don't really have a bucket list, but I I do want to do a couple of things. I thought, well, how am I going to focus on it or try and fit them in? Mm. For me, having my list at the beginning of the year when I do my um, 12-month planning and I mark out these blocks of time that I can do stuff, I can work out, well, what can I do off my list, you know? And that's fun to say, oh, I'm going to be able to tick that off. Yeah, and work towards it. That's the thing. You've actually, not only is it written down as something to do one day, it's like, I'm doing it this year. Exactly. It's really powerful. Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you? 
People can um, go to my website, which is masteryourmountain.net.au, mm-hmm. or I have a Facebook f- uh, group for women, which is Ignite Your Life Adventure School for Women. So if you want to learn more about adventure and have a group of supportive women championing you on, you can go to that one. So they're probably the two best places to get me. Okay. Do you mainly work with women? Mainly work with women. I mean, I have worked with some men, but it just seems that I attract the women who just want to get out of that, you know, how the, you know, supporting everybody else and they they want a bit of a Groundhog Day hamster wheel type life. So they seem to be coming to me now. So how can I get out of this? What can I do? So they're the ones I've been attracting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's beautiful because you've actually proven that you've done it yourself. You, you're basically yeah. saying that that's what you were doing. And yeah. now you've, shown, you've again, you've shown your clients what you can achieve by exactly. Yeah. yeah. So in 50 years time, you're going to be an easy person to ask this for. Where <laughs> would you like to be? Oh, I, I thought about this question when I was listening to some of your other podcasts. I'm thinking, wow, 50 years time, I'll be 98. So I may be in a wheelchair, but I'm hoping not because I'm just making sure I'm so active and so focused on my health that, um, you know, things like dementia and all those things worried me when I used to look to the future. But now I'm thinking, no, if I, I can get to 98 and still be healthy. I've seen it. It's proven there's people that are out there. So I'm seeing myself still out there, still walking around the block, you know, doing those type of things. So I still want to be active and have that adventure in my life at 98. Yeah. And um, it's interesting you talk about the wheelchair. I'm just thinking my grandma, many, many years ago, she was a bit of a, she was a bit of an adventurous woman. You would have liked her. She, one of my cousin's other grandmas had had her leg amputated. So she was in a wheelchair. And one day at lunch, I wasn't there, I was in the state, but there's the best video of it. My 70 something year old grandma grabbed this wheelchair, got in it, went to the top of a hill, a grass <laughs> hill. And it's like, Whee! And she had her legs straight up and she, and she seriously was going <laughs> as she went down the, the hill. And it's the most glorious thing. It shows that you can have fun, mm. you can take the piss and really enjoy yourself no matter what age. Oh, definitely. I so don't want to lose that inner child. Mm. Is then I've found her, I've got her back, <laughs> and I'm letting her loose. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, have to grow old stately, you know, I'd all classy. I just thought, no, how fun is that? <laughs> no, I love that visualization of her going down that hill in that wheelchair. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So, what, um, yeah, you don't want to be stately, but. This inner child thing, do you help your clients get back in touch with that? What is there is that a technique you use? Yeah, it is actually. There's a lot of um, like roles integration work that I do where as a child you take on certain roles. Mm. And sometimes, like I was an oldest uh, child and I took on the good girl role. So what that meant was I was always correct, always right, always doing the right thing. And it just involved closing down, closing down my inner child and thought, mm. well, there's no fun in that. And then I did some archetype work. And there's all these different ones like the ruler and the oracle and things like that. And there was one, this one about inner child. I'm thinking, that's what I'm missing. I love adventure. I love getting out there. I want the playfulness to go with it. Mm. So I help my clients also to see that they can be playful. And I've had a client who was 60-odd who she just wanted to lose a bit of weight and I was talking to her about it. But we actually focused on that, you know, she was not living the life that she wanted to do. And she finally came onto one of these calls with me and she goes, guess what? I bought white pants. I said, really? <laughs> she goes, oh my God, I've never worn white pants. And she was so excited just because she could strut around in these white pants. I thought, well, there you go. Your playfulness, she called it some other name, but it was like playfulness coming out, her inner child coming out, you know, at 60 yeah. she didn't believe that she could do that. So Yeah. And that's empowering when you realize you can do what you want to do, mm. even something as simple as buying wife pants. But yeah. I'm saying it's simple, but it obviously wasn't for her. It was a, her. a big thing to get to. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's funny the things that we let hold ourselves back, just the idea of wearing white pants was just, you know, she had all these beliefs about it. And yeah. once she got rid of them, she was, yeah, I've let myself out and it's white pants will show that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely. So going forward, where, where would your clients go for the next steps? They, they've learned to become more playful. What's the next thing? I mean, obviously everyone's different and as they design where they're going, but what sort of steps do you take them through? I tell them a lot about going inside because a lot of people don't love themselves. Mm. They think that self-love is like being up themselves or, you know, having that mm. ego, whereas they, if they learn to love themselves, they're so much more at ease. Their life is lighter and that. So I usually take them on a few steps of learning more about themselves, what their values are, what their beliefs are, what's been holding them back. Mm. Then we can go, okay, these are all been holding it back. We've addressed them. What do you really want to do? And then we take them on a journey from there. Yeah. And you said you've got grandchildren. Is this something that people can help with with younger kids as well? Yeah, I'm very conscious now of um, how I talk to my grandchild. She's only like 15 months old. Mm-hmm. But how I talk to my own daughter now, I've recognised all these things that are probably the language wasn't quite what I should have chosen. <laughs> so I'm very conscious of that and very conscious of being a role model of showing them that they can do whatever they want. Mm. So, you know, helping that next generation not be that closed in, have to be in that herd mentality, you know, because we're just, society is just so strict these days. It's just knowing how to play. Now, within the boundaries that we have, but, you know, knowing how to play and dream big and go for what you dream. Don't get stuck in something because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you said you work a lot with women and that has been something that women often talk about, especially when they're around their age that we're at, where we have given ourselves over to our partnership, our kids, and that needs to happen, but we often give completely of ourselves and lose ourselves in in that Mm. 20 years. Yeah, it's a common problem that we, you know, we do fully immerse ourselves in our family, which is, as you said, it's great. But we needed to have kept a bit of focus on ourselves so that we can know what to do with the next step. So the women I've talked to that had family grow up and left the nest as such, mm. they don't know what to do with themselves. They think, well, I don't have a passion. I don't have that. My passion was my family and now that family is not there. So we help, well, I help them um, find that passion again. Like it's not so much a purpose because I think the purpose is a basic thing of to live, to love, to grow. Mm-hmm. That's a purpose that's just beautiful. And then you find your passion. What do you really want to do? Mm. And so it's me, it's all about finding that passion. Mm. And how do their family come on that journey with them? Because, you know, when someone who's been a particular role for, if your parents been doing something for your whole life and they suddenly develop this new personality because they're suddenly fun, that they've discovered what their passion is, how can we, when we're going through this transition, help bring our family on that journey so they're part of the journey and don't go, holy cow, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a communication thing, just saying, being very clear to the family. I always say to my client, you know, you can't just do all this work and then expect them to be there and accept everything that's happening. They don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's a communication thing. So each step is a way. Say to them, be clear that, you know, you're not sure what your focus is. You'd like to find a passion. Just be clear when you're communicating to them and saying, well, this time I've learned to this, I want to try a few new things. Is that okay? Can mm. we try this together? Can we involve us together to see if our life can go in a, in a better direction or whatever mm. direction they want? Yeah. Mm. And I think it's really important for people too to not forget about everything that's brought them to where they are. Like obviously with your experience in corporate world, I'm sure you're using a lot of those skills <laughs> in what you do today. And Often we think we just want to make complete changes when really it's what we've gone through in life, which has brought us to where we are, is actually our greatest gift. 
It certainly is. Oh, we, can, we can look back. And it's one of the questions I do ask my podcast. What would you do if you had a time machine and go back and change yourself? And a lot of people, which I'm really pleased to say, say nothing because I've learned so much from these mm. events that have occurred or the lessons I've learned, you know, have just been really, really good to get me to this point where I am now. And like, it's all like, sometimes it's great to go back. So I wish I had maybe not had that negative self-talk as much, you know, those sort of little things. But really, the events in your life shape you. So I truly believe that. And I think if I didn't go through my 20s as a married mum, you know, young mum, and went through all that, I may not have got to this point. Mm. I don't know what will happen. So I'm really happy that I got to this point now. But yeah, I do thank all those things that happened to me just to be the person I am now. Mm. And so what would you leave with our community as a, a parting gift if we were going to design our best life? What would we do? Oh, to me, it's stand for something. Get up there and stand for something. Don't just sit back and behind the mask and that. Just stand for something. Like whether I stand for adventure, like igniting lives for adventure. I tell everyone that. This is what I stand for, igniting lives for adventure. So find something you're passionate about. Stand for it. And it can be whether you want to become a vegan. Stand for it. That's what you believe. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to go out and believe that school children need to be taught a different way, stand for it, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of just having all these things where it's going around your head and you're just gossiping with other people. It's just finding what you're passionate about and standing up for it. That's Mm -hmm. probably the best way to get going. And I think too, once you've done that, as you said, it's about taking action. And when you take action, it shows how much you believe in it. It shows how passionate you are because if you don't have that passion behind you, you're not going to be able to stand for it. Exactly. Yeah. People people will know that you're not sort of fully there. You're not 100% committed. So yeah, find your passion and then stand up for it. Yeah. And once we find, once people, we see people who are really passionate about something, it shows like it comes out of every pore of their body. So it must be amazing for you with the women that you work for with to see how that passion reignites their life. It must be amazing. It is amazing because they start off, they come to me, you know, their voices are down, they're usually dressed um, in a certain way and I just don't know what to do and there's no clarity and then suddenly after, you know, each session they go, wow, you know, I tried this out or I tried something new and they get excited but then they want to tell you and then you see them whether it's on Facebook or out there in the community, you can see them actually taking part in things now. They're connecting more with people. And, it, it, yeah, I love it. That's what, that's what I live for, just to see people experiencing life how I'm now experiencing it. Yeah, and that's an awesome legacy to be able to share with people. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Leanne. I have so enjoyed having you and all your passion and your <laughs> verb and your ignite for life. Like, it, as, as I said, it comes through absolutely that, that you're living what you're, what you're saying. So thank you for your time. Oh, thank you for having me on as a guest. I've loved every minute of it. Thank you. Thanks for that. A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.